This is episode number 308 of the To Birth and Beyond podcast. We're so excited to have you with us on this episode of To Birth and Beyond. I'm Jesse Mundell, mom, kinesiologist, and fitness coach to pregnant and current moms. And I'm Anita Lambert, mom, pelvic health and orthopedic physiotherapist with a focus on women's health. On the show, we provide information and education on fitness, the pelvic floor, fertility, pregnancy, birth, postpartum, and women's health. We offer a brave space to have candid and vulnerable conversations on the struggles and joys of motherhood, including all aspects of our physical, mental, and emotional health. While you're listening in, please remember that the information on the show is not meant to diagnose or treat any medical conditions. Please speak with your medical provider for all things related to your healthcare. We're so excited to have you. Let's dive into today's show. Hey friends, it's Jesse. What you're going to hear in this episode of the podcast is actually a section of the free live workshop that I taught last week called Beyond the Kegel. It is for fitness and health professionals who want to learn how to most effectively and with better results, coach core and pelvic floor to their pregnant, postpartum, or pelvic health clients. But as a reminder, every client or patient you ever work with will have a pelvic floor. So this information is necessary for practitioners who are working with populations of any kind. So in Beyond the Kegel, in this section of what you are going to hear, I'm teaching you exactly what you should go educate your clients on the core and pelvic floor, how to explain to them what the core and pelvic floor even are, what functions those part of the body serve, and what they need to know so that they can harness the power of the pelvic floor in their workouts in their daily life and how we can really bust through some of these irritating or frustrating pelvic floor symptoms that they might be experiencing during any stage of their pregnancy, early in postpartum, or many years or decades following a pregnancy or birth that they have. And as a bonus, you are going to hear the three-step pelvic floor coaching process that I take all of our clients through in order to get them better core and pelvic floor results. So that's what's coming up for you. It's a primer to the work that we do in the prenatal and postnatal fitness specialist academies, which are our certifications for fitness and health professionals who, again, are wanting to better understand more skillfully and profitably as well, coach pre postnatal and pelvic health clients to improve pelvic floor function, whole body fitness and conditioning and importantly, positive body image. And PFSA is on sale for $500 off until Thursday, October 19th. So if you're listening in real time, you have a couple more days to save on your registration into the certifications. And you can see that link in the show notes of today's episode or go to programs.jessiemundell.com slash cert. And you will see that information again about how you can save $500 enrolling in PFSA by Thursday, October 19th. All right, on with the show and on to this section of the free Beyond the Kegel workshop. You can never stop learning in this realm. We are finding out so much more all the time about how we can be most effective, most skillful in how we're coaching this client's. The way I coach now versus five years ago is completely different. 
how I was coaching 10 years ago, I would never. (laughs) These things are shifting and we need to keep up with it. Okay, so let's get into the core and pelvic floor before we actually get into our exercises. So here's how I coach the pelvic floor and the core to our clients. And then of course, to our certification students in PFSA, we talk about the core four. So the core four is what we're referring to when we say the core and what most of our fitness clients are thinking when we say core is likely to be the abdominal muscles only. Often they're thinking the six pack muscles, but we want to educate them on how the core is greater. It is bigger than that. So step one in the core, we have the diaphragm, which is actually at the top of our core canister. So we like to teach about the core canister because it can kind of be a nice visual for people on understanding that the core, the trunk, it's a contained unit. And when we go on to teach about intra-abdominal pressure, breathing mechanics, how we are using intra-abdominal pressure to help us along, understanding that it is a canister with a top, a bottom, sides, front and back can be really useful. So the top of the core, top of the core four and the top of our core canister is our diaphragm, our breathing muscle, our breathing diaphragm. And that's going to be super important to integrate into our training and treatment programs with pregnancy, postpartum and pelvic health clients. Next up is the front and the sides of that core canister, which is the abdominal muscles. I love this image because you can see these layers of abdominal muscles. So yes, we have that superficial rectus abdominis, that six pack muscle, but then underneath we have our obliques, internal and external obliques, and then the transverse abdominis. And I just wanna point out that if you're kind of familiar with this pregnancy and postpartum realm, we went really hard on the TVA, on transverse abdominis for a few years there. And just so much attention was given to TVA and how important it was for generating better core and pelvic floor function. But what we know is that all of the abdominal muscles are super important are equally as important. We need to train the whole system. And then we have spinal muscles. So the back of that core canister, we have our spinal muscles, which are going to be super important for stability of this whole system. And then we have the pelvic floor muscles. So this is my pelvis at the bottom or the base of the pelvis are the pelvic floor muscles. And this is a whole support structure that is forming the bottom of the pelvis, containing, holding stuff in, okay? So it is going to attach from the front of the pelvis to the back and then side to side. And it is going to support all the holes 
that we see at the bottom of the pelvis, so the urethra, the vaginal opening, and then the anus as well. So that is the pelvic floor. Really important to teach about the pelvic floor that it is not just holding pee in. Which again, when we teach clients about the pelvic floor or what they have heard about the pelvic floor, they probably are thinking incontinence, leaking. That's the most, most common thing that they might've thought about with the pelvic floor, but it is going to be so much more than that during pregnancy, during birth, during postpartum recovery. Why I like to show folks where the pelvic floor is, often it can be hard for people to conceptualize what this part of the body even is or where it is. So again, they might think, oh, the pelvic floor is just these muscles around my bladder. That's why I'm leaking because these muscles are weak. But really, we can teach them that the pelvic floor itself, high level view, there are multiple layers of muscle involved in the pelvic floor. And those muscles are not only around the bladder, but are stretching all the way back to their tailbone and then side to side into their hip bones. Yes, it's going right up to the front to the pubic bone, but again, it's spanning this whole area. So it's multiple layer of muscles and its functions are used in stability, support, and sex. Stability, support, and sex. We need the pelvic floor to be able to produce strength, to be able to hold strength for endurance, but we also need a mobile pelvic floor. We need a flexible pelvic floor. And so why I say that the issue isn't with Kegels themselves, I don't think that we need to stop recommending that our clients do kegels or pelvic floor muscle training i actually think that it is important for some folks and can be really useful for most people to learn how to generate the power of the pelvic floor how to build strength and how to let that tension go that's going to be essential and that's a kegel but we have to go beyond the Kegel alone in treating pelvic floor symptoms if we really want to see these longer lasting results. Because the pelvic floor does not only work in isolation. We don't only work the pelvic floor from lying down and practicing breathing exercises. We're not going to get rid of pelvic floor symptoms for clients and patients only by prescribing Kegels at every stoplight. We have to integrate the pelvic floor into movement, into exercises in their workouts, into how they're moving in their daily life activities. So the pelvic floor, multiple layers of muscle, important instability, support, sex, and also we need it for strength, endurance, and mobility. We need to train it in all of those ways. And as a reminder, every single person that you're working with has a pelvic floor. So at no point 
is pelvic floor training only for people in pregnancy or who have recently given birth or just for women? Pelvic floor training is for all the people, all the genders. Why I was saying that it can be nice to teach this core canister method, this contained unit of the trunk, is because breathing is going to be one of the first exercises that we really start with when teaching people how do we connect to the core? How do we connect to the abdominal wall, to the spinal muscles, and to the pelvic floor muscles? So when we breathe, two actions, inhalation, bringing air in, and then exhalation, moving air out. So when we inhale, we're going to feel this expansion through the abdominal wall and down into the pelvic floor muscles. We'll feel this expansion or widening laterally into the rib cage and also front to back in the rib cage as well too. So you might've heard of diaphragmatic breathing or 360 degree breathing. Really, we're talking about the same concepts. It can be so, so helpful to teach our pregnancy, postpartum, pelvic health clients about feeling this expansion in the thorax, so in the rib cage, front to back, side to side, and then sending the breath all the way down into the pelvic floor so they can really sense these parts of the body. On the exhale breath, we are going to see this rebounding or this gentle co-contraction of the pelvic floor muscles and abdominal wall muscles, and the air is going to come out. This is the first step in teaching clients how to connect to their abdominal muscles and their pelvic floor so that they can find these parts of the body and that they can figure out when I inhale, this is the action. When I exhale, this is the opposite action. So on the inhale breath, we're thinking breathing wide and down, sending the air wide in the rib cage, down into the belly, into the pelvic floor. And then on the exhale breath, we are thinking to breathe up and out. So the air is coming up. So all the way from the bottom, from the pelvic floor to the mouth and the nose, sending it out of the body. So inhale wide and down, exhale up and out. This is the first step, again, of how we're teaching to connect to the abdominal wall, to the core, to the pelvic floor. And we call this the core connection breath when we add a more intentional lift of the pelvic floor on the exhale breath. But as we start, we're just trying to see, can the client figure out this pattern of breathing? Can they send the air wide and down? Can they take the exhale up and out? Okay, so these are the main concepts that I teach when I'm introducing a client to 
the core and pelvic floor. So we're going to teach on that concept of the core four, abdominals, spinal muscles, pelvic floor muscles, diaphragm in that core canister. We're going to teach them that the pelvic floor is for support, stability, sex, that we need a strong pelvic floor, but we also need a mobile pelvic floor. And then we're going to teach them this pattern of breathing. So inhale, widen down, exhale, up and out. That often is game changers in itself for people to understand what the core and pelvic floor is and then how to feel that connection to it in their brain with the breathing. So this is where we start. Okay, let's get in to our three-step pelvic floor coaching process. So again, once I've educated the client on what the core and pelvic floor are, first of all, then we get into the actual meat of it. We get into figuring out how do we get this client to bring those symptoms down, whatever they might be experiencing, leaking, bulginess in the pelvic floor, perineum, lower back, pelvic pain, tailbone pain, et cetera. How do we help them feel more confident about the pelvic floor if they are feeling fearful or have some anxiety that is happening around their pelvic floor symptoms? How do we help them improve their performance in workouts and daily life? So step number one, we restore a sense of chill. We are going to calm the nervous system. So I want you to imagine that we are coaching a session with a client and they are leaking. They're experiencing stress, urinary incontinence during a set of deadlifts. Here's what we're going to do first. Step number one, we're going to our restore. So we're going to take a minute to chill. We're going to calm the nervous system because for this client, that leaking is irritating to them. They don't want to continue leaking. It's frustrating. It's uncomfortable. They feel embarrassed. They want this symptom to end. So step number one, we're going to restore some chill. We're going to move on to step number two. We're going to mobilize. So we are going to move in a way, in a range of motion that is pain and symptom free. So we have them feeling more confident, more secure in their body. And often this can be really impactful if we focus on the pelvis and the thorax. So the core four, we're gonna mobilize the pelvis and thorax in some way. And once we do that, then we're going to move on to a stabilizing exercise or a stabilizing drill. So we're increasing capacity and tissue resiliency. And we're really showing them that they can do this. Their body can do this. It's there for them. They're not broken. They don't need fixing. We just needed to approach things in a bit of a different way. And we're going to get them back to that set of deadlifts. Hopefully without leaking. So in our stabilizing step, we're focusing on a strengthening movement. 
We hope you enjoyed listening to this episode of the To Birth and Beyond podcast. You can find any links or resources we discussed in the show notes at tobirthandbeyond.com. And if you enjoyed today's show, we would love for you to leave us a review on iTunes and subscribe to the To Birth and Beyond podcast in iTunes or Stitcher. 